With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Oh, it's fun. Crazy. It's painful, but it's wonderful. What is the name? It's Roycey Unchained. Welcome to Unchained with Patrick Roycey. And Patrick, where do we start this week? Because there is a lot, not necessarily to be unchained about, but a lot to talk about. Well, we should probably start with our friend, the Luger, who was, uh, <clears throat> I've always said, you know me, I'm not the world's greatest hockey fan. Yep. But I love hockey guys, yep. old-time hockey guys like the Wooger. And the Wooger was uh, was great, uh, and he was of that generation. You know, he and Sonmore died on the same day. I only I did that because someone I, tweeted I, that somebody out. Somebody tweeted that out. Yep. And... Uh, Certainly, Wooger was a runner-up to Sonmore when it came to telling stories because Sonmore was the world champion. But uh, I can tell you, I went uh, I went to a lot more Gopher hockey games when Wooger coached just to see the Wooger mm-hmm. and see what he was up to. And uh, always a pleasant guy, and always a South St. Paul guy. And I wrote that obit about him. I was always fascinated that even in '93, '94, you know, when people were you know, more you know, social media was not social media, but the internet was starting and stuff. Maybe ninety five, ninety six. He still was in the phone book. Yeah, <clears throat> South St. Paul. That was your Doug leader. Woog. It was great. Doug Woog. <laughs> yeah, Doug Woog. You want to get a hold of Doug? Okay. How about I get a? I want to talk to that damn Woog. Well, call him. <laughs> Why haven't you won a national title? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Why haven't you won a national title? And uh, <clears throat> but you know, one of those guys that. Probably made more money running his hockey camps than he did coaching the Gophers back then. They weren't getting rich, but just uh, you looked at him, and you know, short guy, you know, not not terribly thick. It's hard to believe what a great athlete he was, right? Yeah, I mean, he, South St. Paul powerhouse. Yep, he was there as a as a freshman. You know, he started for him as a freshman. They went to the state tournament. He made all state as a freshman. Uh, little guy when South St. Paul was a monster, you know, and uh, and it was also the tailback, the single wing tailback on Steve Sillianoff's uh, football team, mm-hmm. and they were you know the Packers. He, he gave me that great quote in the column uh, that I wrote on him when they named Woogarina, you know, named it Woogarina, and he said uh, we used to think it was worth three points. When the wind was out of the east, because this stink from the slaughterhouse, you know, from the slaughterhouse, it'd come wave, and these guys grew up with it. You know, I mean, this was like, I don't smell anything. Yeah, they were used you to know, it. They grew up, they grew up with it, and if you were a visitor, you go, oh. <laughs> well, downtown St. Paul, in the, uh, you know, when I was working there, and on certain nights in the 70s, 
when the wind was blowing, I guess from the east, you could. We were walking a block. You know, you'd walk across the street to Luigi's, and it was overwhelming coming there. And these guys were living right up the hill. But in South St. Paul, you know, Woog's uh, Rec Hall, his old man Jake, and Wanda was the mother. And Wanda ran the operation, and Jake was like nicest guy ever. But uh, it was a bowling alley, eight lane bowling alley, and a bar right next to the stockyards. And uh, Jake, uh, Dave Metzen, who grew up with him, and former Board of Regents president, and great guy, and dear friend of Woog's, they grew up four houses apart, uh-huh. said Jake gave away more drinks than he sold. You know, he was just, you know, but. But they had to open at 8 because when the night shifters got o- off, you know, they wanted to come and have a snit and a shot, you know, a snit of beer and a shot of whiskey. Sure. And uh, that's that's when they did some of their best uh, best business when the night shifters got off at the slaughterhouse at 8 in the morning, you know, at the stockyards. <clears throat> and they had these beef brokers, too, who would come in and buy the cattle. Right. From at 5 in the morning, they'd be, you know, making deals to buy the cattle when they got trucked in. And they'd come and drink too at eight o'clock in the morning. So because they were done, that's was, dedicated to drinking. Those days were done, you know. But anyway, that's where he came from. I mean, as blue collar as you can get, and uh, and stayed there. Loved South St. Paul. Uh-huh. And uh, first coaching job really was the Vulcans. They were actually the Minnesota Junior Stars first. But that's the start of, as you know. Uh, of course, you were you were two or something but uh that's the start of junior hockey you know the balkans and the right and, the, and i remember them <clears throat> yeah and they were they were the first of junior stars and then and the right. north stars basically started them and then uh he became the coach but they and they played at wakota arena right right where oh Saint they did Paul play okay. yeah, that was their home arena the balkans and the big bad balkans motzko was telling me and again i used it in the column but he was a little kid down in austin he said when they came to town man he said the funny thing is, he said, they were goons. You know, Wooger played this tough, mean, nasty style with all these big guys with the Vulcans at first. Really? He said, then he got the gopher job and he became an artist. He yeah, said, right. <laughs> yeah. right. short, he, so he, he changed he his. He was Sonmore with, with the Birmingham <laughs> Baby Vul- Bulls or yeah, whatever with the Vulcans. With the with Vulcans. The Vulcans. Oh. But then he, uh, you know, then he went. To South St. Paul, he he went from the Vulcans and was the South St. Paul coach for eight years, from the fall of '77 through '85, and uh, and uh, then I think he changed his style and he had Housley and you know I mean he sure he Housley uh, the high school game wouldn't lend no, itself to the no no the, the goon it up and by the Even time back he got then. the U but I think Metzen and Metzen won't take credit for it but I think Metzen had a lot to do with him uh, getting the Gopher job yeah because he went right from. Well, they offered it to Sertich, remember? Yep. They tried to get Sertich. Sertich was riding high up at UMD, yep. and they offered and Paul Giel offered it to Sertich. And, uh, and, they tried uh, to get Herbie back, too, didn't they? Uh, yeah, but he wasn't coming back. Right. Because <clears throat> he knew he might not. Herbie wasn't going to go anywhere where he'd won before and not win now. You know, if he didn't win, he probably would have won. But but uh, after Surdy turned it down, I, th- I think Metzen and some other guy, you know, there was he had a lot of boosters that all loved Wooger, and they got him the job. And his, I mean, his record the last two years were bad, and they got him fired after two years. But the first twelve years, they won almost thirty a year. He averaged twenty eight, and the last two years, I think they won fifteen and seventeen. So mm-hmm. it had to be thirty wins a year. Mm-hmm. 
six final four, six, 12 NCAA tournaments in a row. Now, hockey was far different. It wasn't as balanced as it is now. And, you know, if the Gophers didn't make it to the final four, which has become the Frozen Four, it was a failed season. Right. And he made it six times, but never won it. Yep. I can still hear that. Randy Scarta. Ding! Hit post away and think about one of the great. There's the difference. I mean, there, there were nineteen thousand people in the Civic Center. That was as jammed as it could get. Yep, going nuts. Harvard was loaded. Donato's what father? Yeah, was it Donato's father? I think he was the. That was one of their stars. I mean, they had eight NHLers on that team. They were fantastic. Mm-hmm. The Gophers were fantastic, but everybody they had the remember- Fuscos, right? Yeah, didn't they have the Fuscos yeah, who were yeah. real good players? Everybody remembers. Who was there? Mm-hmm. Ding! Randy Scarta comes down, flying down, basically unloads it, and uh, you know, as a defenseman, unloads it, and it banged that pipe as hard as a pipe can be. You could hear it. I'll never with, forget with it. Everybody screaming. You could hear the ding. Yep. And uh, poor Wooger after that one. You know, he was always a good-natured guy, but he was man, he was devastated. He knew how good that team was. Mm-hmm. And uh, stopper and goal, right? Yeah. That was Robbie and Gold. Yeah, Robbie. That was a hell Who of a team. Who got the winner? I can't remember. I should remember. Was it McDonald? I'll, I'll find it. I think it might have been Lanny. Was Lanny McDonald on that no, team? No, no, no. No, not Lanny was, McDonald. Uh, the kid that, that won. Hold on a second. I'll find yeah. it. Yeah. They were, God, they had good players. That was a hell of a game. But that was a, yeah, well, that the was good a thing about it was there was only like 40 college hockey teams. Yeah. You know, and, they, you know, everybody went to, all the good ones went to the same schools. You didn't have interlopers like Bemidji and Mankato playing D one. Oh, no. Nope. And every Gopher hockey game was on TV <laughs> on Friday on, on Friday and, and Saturday. Grand Force. <laughs> I've always said that that was the most important thing. Mom and Dad and Grandma and Grandpa knew where to find if their grandkid played here. Yeah. Knew where to well, find they were them. In, in Duluth, now they got some Duluth got some games on, but Duluth had oh yeah Duluth had Gopher games on. They never put any of the other colleges on. Yep, who could go into anyone's home in any. Yeah, any part of the you're state. Gonna see, uh, you're you're going to see every game we play on TV on a Friday and a Saturday. Don't worry about any of this Sunday crap. It's oh, Friday exactly right. Saturday. Exactly right. Ed Crayer scored the winning goal for Harvard at 415. Yeah, he of was a good player. OT. That quick, huh? Yes. When did, did Scarta hit it earlier in overtime then? Because it would have won the game, right? Or would have it just been? God bless Google. Because right yeah. now I'm going to Google, when did Randy Scarta hit the post? Yeah. What, what, what moment did Randy Scarta hit the post? 1989. But that but, was. But I'll tell you, you don't find these old, and you don't. I, don't, I found it immediately. What? First thing, Scarter's shot hit the pipe early in overtime. Early in there overtime, ding! God oh. bless Google. Do you know? Yes. In 1985, we would have had to shut this thing off, go to a library. Oh yeah, I've told many stories about looking up baseball stuff mm. that I knew was fact that I knew I'd seen. That didn't happen. Yep. <laughs> you know, yep. I for years told the story about Charlie Spikes being the only guy to get picked off base by the mock, faked the third throw at the first, and he got picked off twice in the same series. Once. Never. <laughs> that didn't happen. Was this back time. in the drinking days? No, I just. Maybe you saw it. No, I just saw it. I mean, it might have been, but, but right. I, I just remember making fun of Charlie Spikes being so stupid that he fell for it twice, right. but it only, <laughs> didn't only happen once. Yeah, sometimes the Google's yeah. not important. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah, but just let me say this Sonmore. Yep. You know, as guys, Sonmore, five star, Wooger, five star, Louis, five star, uh, Tom Reed, five star, 
I mean, the old hockey guys, everybody up on the range, all, all these old hockey guys on the range, these guys, these old hockey guys from the east side. Uh, I went up and did a column on this guy from uh, Elk River, Stevie, what the hell was his name, who went to every hockey tournament and liked to drink and would have his own, would go to the hockey tournament downtown, rent a hotel room, and basically stay there for four, three days, four days, watch the games on TV, and had an open door, and every hockey fan in town would come in and drink beer with him, all these, all these old guys, Stevie, what the hell was his name? I got in a little trouble cause I, with uh, some some people who thought we shouldn't have written so much about his drinking that it... That it uh, you took away from Stevie. <laughs> it took away from his rep, but... No, that's what makes him a character. Yeah, uh, and he, he coached. He coached like young Bantams up there and stuff too. He was a great guy. I can't remember what his name was, but guys like that, hockey's got those. It it it's, it lends itself to it because it's yes. outdoors and you're bundled up and you're you know and it's and you and for years people don't realize this until 1969 the state hockey tournament was a little neighborhood event that nobody gave a damn about and then they went out to met center and he died played war road and mm-hmm. they had big versus small and two years later basketball went to two classes and that was that was the turning point if you want to go to great turning point years in minnesota history go yep. back to 69 interesting vikings make the playoffs but get beat immediately in 68 69 68 gophers still pretty good and still you know it's still kind of an even ball game and 69 the gophers go down to arizona when arizona was a whack team not a pack team arizona puts up like 50 on them on a hundred degree night jim carter runs for 200 yards and they still get their ass kicked and all of a sudden, the world has changed. Speed wins, right? Right. And that was the end of Gopher football, basically. It was, and then the Vikings that year go to the Super Bowl, and that's been now fifty years. Mm-hmm. They've owned the town for fifty years. Mm-hmm. Now they, you know, there's been dents in it. There is right now with Fleck and 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 Holtz, obviously, and and basketball. That's where hockey. Started to overtake basketball as far as high schools in this state, too. So, you know, I mean, in 69, you go back there, Mankato didn't have hockey. And, right. You know, Rochester had hockey, but, you know, two-thirds. The, of the south, state, basically. Two-thirds of the state didn't have hockey. Yeah. So, anyway, that's a, that was kind of a watershed year. So, But Wooger will be missed. He was, uh, he was just a, you know. I mean, who, who do you know that calls him anything but Wooger? Oh, he's good. <laughs> you know, you I know mean, what? good coach, hey, but the, well, I great into, character. I ran into Wooger. I love the Moscow story that he told me about yeah. walking through the game at the X. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's a Wooger that hasn't been coaching him since '99, you know and everybody, everybody walks Wooger. You know? you know what's great? Hockey people, like it or not, want to have characters. Yes. Yeah, I, you know, uh, Boudreaux. I mean, Boudreaux. Yes, yeah, but it's yeah. like foot, football has no characters. No, they it, don't want you. To it have. used to, but but they don't want them. Baseball probably not near what it once was, but hockey is almost begging for characters. Oh yes, and yeah. you're right. Boud- Boudreaux and is now a perfect they've example. Terrible as far as quotes and stuff, but they're still. But the the generation is. I mean, Jacques was a 
character in his imperious way. Uh, you know, <laughs> Boudreaux is a is a character. Boudreaux can't help himself. No, no, he's and, a character, and it's you know, and I, and I, I, I've said this before, but of all the twenty four sevens and of all the. Uh, of all the uh, all those inside oh, looks, hard knocks, and all that stuff, nothing ever better better than the Flyers, Rangers, Tortorelli versus Lavalette. And I knew that hockey players and hockey people like the F word. Yep. But watching that thing for a month was unbelievable. Burnsy would have been embarrassed. <laughs> As Boudreaux like, said, it is great. Locker room speech, they bleep and love it. <laughs> you can't sort of want it. Yeah. You got to bleep and want it. Oh, it's the, it's the greatest. Yeah, but but the great thing about hockey people, and I don't know why, but it's true of, of some players, coaches, media, they're goofy. Oh, yeah. Can you oh, think yeah. of, of any sport that uh, have as many goofy people? The guy who people? taught me the game, Gilbert. Yeah. Goofy. Goofy love Charlie Allman. Goofy, yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but goofy. love, but you know what it is? They accept goofy, yes, you know, because if you were in another sport and you went up and started telling the coach, as Woog used to say, when he had Hallman and Gilbert covered him, he says, "I got a general manager, not coach, but I don't know which is which." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know, Such and I, and we'll probably talk about it on Monday Night Sports Talk uh, podcast. Such and I, I don't know when, Such and I started doing Saturdays in 85. We did Mondays on 83, 85. And I don't know when we got go for hockey, but fairly soon. I mean, late 80s maybe. And we had Wooger on for years on Saturdays, the last 15 minutes. And it was great. And then he got fired, and they brought in Lucia, and, and we lasted like two weeks. That was it? Oh, yeah. yeah. It, no humor whatsoever. No, Don wasn't going to. No humor, no fun. Don wasn't going to give you the one we were used to just, I mean, we would, you know, we would do 50 minutes with Wooger and say, hey, who are you playing tonight, you know, after talking to him. And, and uh, yeah, I think we all, you know, we all knew that he had the Parkinson's, and we all knew that, uh, you know, he was uh, slowing down, but I, I when Charlie Walters tweeted out that he died, that caught all of us spice. Yeah, was, he was in assisted living, and uh, and uh, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a uh, you know you, you those guys, man, him and Sonmore and those guys would be missed. I feel sorry for Louis, man. Louis, Louis burying a lot of his friends, man. Yeah, he is. Yeah, that old that old hockey uh, yep. delegation. So well that. I guess that whole know, thing was what. As I was, as I, as I was, I was thinking about contemplating Wooger, and I was writing that thing, and I said, "Well, he was seventy-five, and then I said, "Wait a minute, I'm seventy-four. <laughs> yeah. let's, let's he was really be, old. Oh, wait, he was not old. Let's not be saying, ah, well, okay, he was seventy-five. Let's not be saying that here. That group was what, though? Mooch, Mariucci, oh yeah, Louis. I didn't know Mariucci as well as I should have, but. I wish. Oh, I, I bet he was full of the great oh, stories. He would have been fantastic. That that would have gone back. Is there a back. book? Is there a book? There should be a book. I don't know. You know what? Is I don't know. Book? I would think there would be. God, one of my worst things ever happened to me is I was writing a column. I was getting to hell about not knowing anything about hockey. So I wrote this column on Gambucci Arena 
you know, the satirical column about, yeah, I've been a Gopher fan since the Gambucci Arena was across the street, and I used all the wrong names and all the wrong, you know, it was all, yeah. you know, you know, and they had the the noble Roman <laughs> Pete Gambucci as their coach and all that, you know, whatever it was, you know, right? It was a, it was like the anniversary of. Uh, Marusha's death. Oh no! <laughs> it appeared. I didn't. I had no idea. I had oh. looked it up, and <laughs> and you know who called me? Patty Brooks. Yeah. And said, Gretchen's very upset because she was the widow, and you know that you know she expected to read a tribute to her. <laughs> and she wrote a satirical thing on you know, which was obviously intended in the best. Of spirits, but you know what you you could have used back then Google. Yes, I probably would have looked. But, you would have found it. But I've always said, and I wrote a column about this. In fact, three four years ago, if you I'm not a hockey guy, but if you could put me anywhere in my lifetime with a Minnesota sports person, mm-hmm. it would be when I was still drinking mm-hmm. with Marouche mm-hmm. in Cortina, Italy. Oh. The night they beat Canada to get themselves into the gold medal match against Russia. Yeah. The night they beat Canada, the guy who not only, you know, he didn't play Canadians before Wooger didn't play Canadians. And he hated the fact that Denver, he, he stopped playing Denver. They didn't play Denver for like five years. Because of the Canadians. And they were in the same conference. They had to play him in the playoffs. Wow. But they wouldn't play him. Uh, uh, because of all the Canadians, uh, Marouche, but he would have really hated. North and Dakota I called up, back. I called up Ike and Mayasich and got some stories about about you know him. I you know we're going to turn this into all Wooger, I guess, but uh, the uh, uh, they're flying over there and they were they've trained you know all year in Colorado Springs back then, right. they, you know the Broadmoor. And the skaters, the figure skaters, uh, trained there too. So Marouche knew all the figure skaters. So he's walking down the aisle, and the figure skaters are on the same plane to Cortina as they are. And Marouche pats this young woman on the head and said, Hello, Susie. You know, he was probably a Minnesota kid who was on the team. Sure. So, Hello, Susie. How you doing? And the little coach went running, you keep your hands off, you old creepy man, you keep your hands off, the figure skating coach went and went and started screaming at Marouche, and about five guys back there in the back of the plane had to convince Marouche not to kill him, of which he could have done. Yeah, I was going to say. And with one hand. And, by the way, he was a very good gopher football player, too, you know, in addition to hockey. No, I didn't. Yeah, he was an outstanding gopher football player. Mm-hmm. But, so... Marouche gets to Cortini, doesn't have his suitcase, doesn't have his bag. Not his suitcase, but he doesn't have a, a bag. That, so he's got a couple of days there. And all of a sudden, the little guy comes, because the figure skaters have gone someplace. The little guy comes up to his room, knocks at his door, and says, you forgot this on the airplane. The Marouche, the yeah. same little guy that he was going to kill. So he was Italian, too. And they became buddies, and they Marouche Roma, and they became the biggest of drinking buddies. <laughs> and, the, and they were out singing Italian songs, and, and then the night that they beat Canada, I guess it was just unbelievable. They were going to every bar. Of course, the Italians Marouche spoke Italian because he grew up with 
sure. parents in Eveleth who spoke Italian. And he was speaking Italian to him and singing Italian songs with him. God, would have that been fun? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And good food, too, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So, Wooger, God bless you. And uh, another, another great hockey guy will be missed. Planning for a secure future requires sound investment advice. That's why I rely on my guy, Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold, for guidance in planning and maintaining a long-term financial strategy. This is Ricey, and I've known Josh for many years. I trust Josh and recommend him because he listens and delivers the kind of service that you'll need to feel confident about your financial future. I encourage you to get to know him the same way I did many years ago. Call Josh Arnold at 952 952- 925-5608 and set up your 48-minute no-obligation consultation. Call 952-925-5608. You'll always get straight talk, not sugar-coated advice. Call Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold at 952-925-5608. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. Where to next? You tell me. Well, hey, Williams Arena. Uh, last night, uh, I was over there for 10 hours yesterday. I saw the... Uh, I saw your picture with McCarville. I saw him uh, yeah, Tuesday, uh, Sunday. I was over there for two hours. Yeah, McCarville was one of my favorites. And she do. Youngblood did... She's uh, leaning on you, I think. Yeah. <laughs> young, she's uh, she's in better shape now than she, when she played. She yep. looks great. Yep. But uh, 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 Youngblood called her in Sweden and did a nice story on her for Sunday. And she said, hey, is Ricey going to be there? I, I'm planning to be there anyway. I wish they'd done it at halftime instead of before the game. But, uh, but yeah, I went over there to see McCarville. And then I kind of wrote a thing that ended up being a bloggy early column because the basketball game got done. But uh, on how you go back to 04 and that final four team, to me, kind of gave us permission to get – Excited about women's athletics, you know, that thing. I mean, and now you got the volleyball team going to the final. There's been, you know, that was the leaping off point, which is be, for what be, has become a really productive women's athletic department over at the U. Another volleyball final four, and, and Whalen's off to a good start. So, anyway, uh, but uh, yeah, I was, she was a character of, she's a little. Little more straight arrow now, but her dad showed up, man, from the farm outside. Well, you used to write the columns about her, and yeah, her, her mom at the time, yeah, right? yeah, her mom Bonnie, who uh, had cancer. In fact, in two thousand four, ended up uh, passing away three years later, but was a great gal. But lived out on the farm with her siblings, and you know, just just as farm girl as could be, and uh, came here way overweight, got herself in shape for her sophomore year. Great feet, great hands, and uh, great player, a great character. I told, as I told her, I said, "Don't they already have one of your jerseys raped over a chair at Mystic Lake blackjack table?" <laughs> she liked to, she liked to play blackjack, I guess. Uh, and but that also was a point where you could go talk to the players. You know, I think you maybe could with the women's team now again, but we can do. Well, I right. got to know them all. You right. just go, you know, you go to oh, practice. You, pra- you go to practice and, you know, Shodrock, Shannon Bolden, all of them. Yep. You just, it wasn't like, 
Oh, yeah, okay, we'll have access for 15 minutes at one fifteen on Tuesday. If you wanted to go to practice, you went to practice, and then you, they might come over and sit down and BS with you for a half hour, you know. Mm-hmm. And same thing, you know, Willie Burton's having his number retired. And uh, at the end of January, one of my all-time favorites. But that team. We knew all those guys. That's what you, you know, told me. We knew all those guys. Talk to them. Eighty-nine, ninety. Hotel. We knew them all. And ninety-seven was still pretty well that way. And uh, you know, one reason, you know, some of the we we get some good stories on Gopher athletics now, but it's not. It's an effort for a Megan Ryan or somebody, or Andy Greeter or somebody like that, to get somebody and get them sat down. And then, and generally speaking, they have a PR person standing there next to them, which makes the kids, you know, sitting there and makes it more cautious. And you just, we don't write these rich, right? You know, but that's why there observation. Aren't yeah, yeah. Because you can't find out. Because there are probably no, characters. No, this now this Marcus, this Marcus Carr is a Canadian. You know, bright kid. You can tell he's a bright kid, and I think somebody will sit down with him and get a good, good piece out of him. Because he's, I think you can, you might still be able to do it with, uh, with, uh, but 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 it's you know, for a columnist to routinely go over there and get. You know, say, hey, I need a column. I right. think I'll go over there today. That Those days are over, which is, you know. Anyway, but that's a hell of an effort. God almighty. You know what? They ate them up defensively. You know what stinks about that game? It should have been at 1 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. Oh, yeah. Well, they had, you know, I what? got home from the Vikings. See what the attendance stuff? was? I forgot they were playing. Yeah, well, so did the fans. They had under 10,000 for yeah. the number three team in the country. They what announced they, start? they announced 90, yeah, 530. Yeah. There you go. And if they, even if they played at one Sunday and the women played at five thirty, it would have been better. Yeah. And one Sunday would have been better. Well, it would have been up against the Vikings. But what but, about one o'clock on Saturday? Oh yeah, there isn't a game. There isn't a Saturday afternoon game. That's part of it. That's part of it. But God, they played way better than I thought they could. But you know what? When you're uh, when you're when your best guard goes from one for ten to twelve for seventeen. Yes. You're going to play better. Yes. <laughs> and he, he was really good. And But they had, to me, the impressive part of that win was the way they ate him up defensively. They guarded. Some, I thought they were playing zone half the game, the way it looked, because they had such good coverage. But they uh, they, uh, they they guarded the three-point line, and they made Wesson have a hard time inside. No, Tura played really good defensively inside. But, yeah, they now all of a sudden the lost season doesn't look so lost. By the way, did you see this stat? Michigan State plays at Northwestern, I think, Wednesday. It's the last game of the these two games they play. The home teams are 13-0, and and the road teams are 0-13. I did see that. Is that unbelievable? It is. It's unbelievable. It is. You look at the standings, the Gophers are tied for second yep. and 13th. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Everybody, there's Michigan State's 1-0, Northwestern's 0-1, and everybody else is 1-1. After watching and the Iowa game, I thought the Gophers were going to get yeah. obliterated by Ohio State. How about Nebraska, though? The uh, Hoiberg kicked the crap out of Purdue. Beat them bloody at at home. I thought Purdue was supposed to be good. Maybe the league isn't as good as we thought it was. Maybe, you know, the go, suddenly the Gophers look like they got a chance to win a half of them and go to the tournament. That's great. we'll see. That Hawkeyes game was awful. Mm-hmm. After that game, I thought this team. What what the guards made combined two shots in that yeah. game? One shot, two shots. My other topic. 
if Phil Rivers gets in the Hall of Fame, I am going to protest. He is a loser. It's always been a loser. They can't compare him with Brett Favre because Brett turned it over, but he was a winner. Yeah. This guy's a loser. He figures out ways to lose. God, is he a Seven trainer. turnovers on Sunday he's against the have Three interceptions. He's going to have fantastic stats, right? Yeah. Total numbers. If all you look at is the numbers, but he's a loser. And, uh, you know, two fumbles and one, one for the long one. He just dropped. Yep. You know. Oh, and, he saw Hunter. And, and he said, oh, I don't want this football. No. It's no. not worth it anymore. God, and he, you know, the, you're gonna, he's going to end up getting in the Hall of Fame. Oh, poor Phil. He never won a Super Bowl. Don't put him in the same sentence as Marino, for God's sakes. Marino was great. I don't know. This guy's a train wreck. I don't know why he's still playing right now, too. I don't either. Why? Yeah, why don't they have somebody? Why Anthony Lynn's got the same chance to coach the Chargers next year as I do. I don't know. He might not get fired. Why? I don't know. He might. He might because well, he he had success last season. Well, the Spanish boys. Fun. The Spanish boys are cheap, so yes. that could be it. Did you? By the way, did you see the crowd in the soccer well, stadium for that it was game? All Vikings, right? Ninety. I would say ninety-two percent, ninety-five percent Vikings. Yeah, it was full of Vikings fans. It's unbelievable. Yeah. The shots they showed, you couldn't find Chargers. <laughs> And God, this is, I know, love it. I love the fact that the NFL idiots. I love the fact that the NFL said, "We're going to screw the Raiders. We're still mad at Al Davis. Yep. We're going to let the Chargers be the other team in LA. So now this poor guy's got to go to Las Vegas in the greatest stadium that'll be a rival for the one that's being built. In Los Angeles is going to be the greatest franchise in the history of American sports. It might be the biggest until, ever league ever did a guy until football dies, but." I think he's got to come up with six hundred for the stadium, right? And then a six hundred transfer fee, It'd be or something. well worth it, yeah. all of it. He'll get his money back, and you know. So and the Chargers are are going to go play in the same stadium they're building in Inglewood for the Rams. Yes, they ain't going to draw anybody there either. Well, they're certainly going to draw them as a second team. You know, they'll draw again like Vikings fans, sure. Like, but how big is that one going to be? It's supposed to be the most expensive stadium. Yeah, it's going to be big. It's going to be. There's going to be a ton of empty seats. Don't around. they think? Aren't they building something where the the NFL draft might be out there four times out of five or something? Some big convention know. center that's basically built for the draft and stuff like that. That I'm not sure about. But they love that guy, that Crocky, that sob, who uh, <laughs> you know put the screws to St. Louis and, uh, but uh, yeah, what a. This is uh, you, you, now the Viking fans. They got to root for uh, the Detroit Lions, baby. You know, you know what I'd do if I was the Packers. I'd let Tim Boyle play in here next Monday night and say, "Aaron, take a week off, get ready to carve up the Lions." Lions. And, and well, Aaron ain't gonna. Although, if they win the Vikings, they could be the number one. If they beat the yep. Vikings, they could be the number one seed. This conference is screwy. It's it absolutely screwy. Well, the Vikings, if they go 12-4, and four, don't they have a chance to get a bye? If, I mean, yeah, the there way, are the things way, that I mean, yes, like, there's the, some you know, weird 49ers things. are now down to 11-3. and three. They played without five of their good defenders right. Right. last week, and Seattle beats them. Yes. Of course, Seattle's going to win the 
That's the pro- that's the problem is I, I don't think the Vikings can get enough things to go right for them. Well, how about the Saints to though? get that high? How about the Saints? They could lose another. They're, they they got a chance. Some, who are they playing? They got somebody that can beat them. The Charger I, Stadium, by, by the way, that they're going to share with the Rams, a hundred thousand two hundred forty. That's your seating capacity. Why? Think I know? Really? I'm just looking at hundred thousand. I'm just looking at the internet. You're kidding me. All right, hold on a second here, the Jonathan. Saints. Jonathan Saints. has oh, uh, Saints play host to the Colts. Tonight, Monday night game. Yeah, they'll beat them, I guess. Or in the Monday night game. Then they play at the Titans, and then they go at the end of the season to the Panthers. Yeah, they're going to win. They're not great, though. They're Saints? not great. Well, nobody's I great. I don't like them that well. That's why if you got home games, you'd be in great shape. Mm-hmm. If the Vikings were going to be at home through the conference playoffs. You know playoffs, what? I'm going to say something really you. outrageous here. I would rather go to Lambeau than Dallas. I think Dallas has better players. That's a piping hot take. Right I think Dal- that is a okay. piping hot take. Jonathan's eyebrows just <laughs> piping hot take. two different directions. Yes, that is a piping hot take. I think Dallas has better players than Green Bay. Yeah, but their coach is so inept. I know. In Dallas. I know. that. Yeah, you know what, though? But the magic Green lamp, Bay. There's no lamp. Green Bay magic. is not that impressive. No. They are. They. I watched that game against the Bears. They're not that impressive. What the game ended up on the two yard line, right? Yes. They couldn't cover a twelve lateral play. I know. Yeah, they're not that impressive. My my guy from uh, the guy from here, uh, Jesper, ended up fumbling it on the two, right? The, the Horsford kid from. Uh, oh, did he? I don't know. The one that went to I the, the, the Roseville. By the, the, Roseville the Roseville kid that went to Princeton. The um, who's the Bears tight end? The now. Packers first first offensive play of that Bears game. Rodgers throws that just gorgeous pass, goes deep to, what, uh, Vasquez, Scanling, yeah. or, and it goes right through his hands. Oh, yeah. He's Their receivers throwing, are he's throwing the guy. Balls. He's throwing the guys off the street, man. Jimmy Graham looks like me trying to yeah, play football. Right. Yeah, he know he doesn't, uh, he doesn't enjoy having this collection of receivers. But if you go to Dallas or Green Bay, you can win there. Oh, sure. I don't like the Superdome, but I, I would go to mm-hmm. Lambeau or uh, Dallas. Yeah, well, you know what? After watching them play Seattle, Seattle wasn't as good as I thought they were. No, Seattle's they're... flawed. Yes, Seattle's. I Seattle's mean, they, not great but defensively. The thing about Seattle is they, he's okay. Lamar Jackson's out of his mind. Russell Wilson's the second best quarterback in the league right yes. now. So, yes, but uh, and Seattle also is really smart because they they saw the Vikings trying to take away the pass and said, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. we'll just run the ball. Yes, and they did a damn good job. Yes. Yes, I wouldn't want to play Seattle. We're uh, we're very concerned about. It. By the way, the guy that called your show today to uh, uh, yesterday on Monday and wondered if the Vikings had taken the wild card route to the Super Bowl. Uh, they were seven and one at home in their four Super Bowl years. Nineteen seventy four, they uh, defeated Dallas in a in a big upset in Dallas. Might have been the best game they ever played. Went down there and beat Dallas when Dallas was. Is that the one where right. Tarquick was on the cover of SI? Probably. Ended up on the cover? Yeah, yeah. They Tark played one of his best games ever. Okay. And, uh, you know, they were they went down there and they were going to get, you know, they they gotten whipped in the Super Bowl the previous year and they were going to get embarrassed and uh, went down there and uh, played great. But the other seven games that they played in the playoffs were all at home. Now, 87, that would have been one of the great playoff runs of all time. Because that was a good New Orleans team that they humiliated, and they got Montana hooked. They played so well, and, and the they pulled Niners, them out of the game. Is, is that the one Francisco. where Sid was? 
running That's down the when press he ran box with Reggie. Go Reggie, go Reggie, go Reggie. Leaping a <laughs> leaping a barrier on the time. Making a, that might have been when we put the no cheering in the press box rule. <laughs> or at any other numerous times with Sid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sid Porsche. That candlestick press box was dangerous, though. Oh, yeah, I remember. It had a big, big yes. barrier. You were you were in a little thing, but he leaped it. He got over it. He was he got at least he got over at least one barrier running wow. down the sidelines. But that year, that's my favorite. That's my favorite Sid press box for Sid because the year the Vikings went out there and beat them. Uh Sid, you know, ran along with Reggie, and we could all make fun of him about that. And then the next year they went back out there with the big expectations and got humiliated, you know, got crushed. Montana played great. And Sid was still writing on his porta bubble, still trying to write on the porta bubble and somebody with who was with us and show him how to operate it. But he had it down below him and it was it was cold it was as cold that day, so they had the heaters going. And the top of his the top of that porta bubble, which you'd Attached with clasps, yes. remember? Oh, yeah. Worst it. machine ever. Yep. Melted into a, like a concave. <laughs> it just, I'm showing them this with my hands, ladies and gentlemen. It doesn't help you much, but it was, <laughs> the top of it was like this. So, yeah. <laughs> so all of a sudden, you're going, you should have heard the expletives being cast when he, when he went down after the game to put the top back on it, and it was melted into a concave form. And, it was, and it, so I had to carry the knee. I had to carry my – I think I had a portable – I think I had a radio shack. He still had the portable bubble. And I said, you carry the radio shack, and I carry this monster. And then I think we, we went to the Fiesta Bowl to see Lou. I think that was the time we went to – we flew into the next – no, that night we flew in. He got on a red eye and flew into uh, Phoenix, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, to go to the Fiesta Bowl, and, uh, and when they beat West Virginia and won the national championship, and but this machine, I think, I think we ended so you up kept carrying it around. I think no, I think we ended up going to FedEx and having them ship it back. And it said, oh. I said, said you want to dictate anyway or right you know you you oh, that yeah. might have been the last time he ever exactly attempted to when write, I started write in a press box in 89 as a clerk by then he was all dictation cuz he yeah. still traveled sometimes yeah, well, i think they might have made him take the machine with him and say you got to write it you know somebody they might have tried to do it but but that god that was funny you know it was hard on me Lugging it around, yeah. Well, those were, the but things. it was worth it just to be able to make fun to suit. Su- the porta bubbles were to describe them. They were a huge machine. Oh, they were huge, and you had to put the couplers John, in. John Rowe used one. John Rowe forever. used one for God in the nineties. Yeah, I covered. Finally, got we finally got him on a laptop. I was the hard. poor sap that, that in ninety one or so had to do agate from the wrestling tournament. And if you remember, that was a nightmare. Yeah, because they'd bring up all the sheets, oh, yeah. printouts, and you'd have to go be going constantly. We have two. We probably only had two classes then. Now they're up to about oh. four now. But it was a full day of work. Oh yeah. And Roe, Roe was covering it with the porta bubble. Oh yeah. That's probably uh, ninety. Yeah. Did you ever hear the uh, great Roe story? Sid's going to take the porta bubble on the road. This is early, you know, seven. 
when the first computers. I was the first guy to ever leave the St. Paul paper with a computer on the road. It was a Texas Instrument in 78 to cover baseball. But the Star Tribune had already had them for at least a couple of years. So this had to be like 76. But see, they had the... They had the Mercedes of computers, these whatever, they, the porta bubbles were right. much. We had the crap, you know, Texas Instrument. They were awful. <laughs> Those are the ones you had to have the rolls of paper with you and, uh, you know, <laughs> did the treated rolls of paper. And you'd be in the press box and say, all of a sudden you say, any of you bleepers have a <laughs> roll of paper? I ran out because you had to carry your rolls of paper with you oh, on the road. You had to measure. You had to guess how many you were going to need. And then there was only... You know, it was always like, okay, the uh, the Detroit paper would have the good machines, and yeah. the Toledo paper, would and the St. Paul. Paper. You were your 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 status as a newspaper was what kind of a computer you were, and and all us guys from the second tier papers had the. Texas Instruments with the rolls of paper, oh. and everybody else had the uh, you know the the better machine. Right. The New York Times would have the good machines, right. and, and the suburban papers in New York would have the crap machines. You know, <laughs> anyway, it was. But the best is Roe goes out, has Sid come out to dinner, yeah. gives him a thirty minute tutorial on okay, this is what you do now. You get it now. You store the story, and then you. Put it, you know, you put the name here in the file. What do you want to send? Yep. Sid, whatever. Yep. And then you put it in the, and then you hear the sound, and then you put it in the coupler yep. on top there. And Sid calls up Roll like the next two days later. This bleeping thing don't work. Every time I call, I get this screeching sound. <laughs> and Ro says, that's what you want, Sid. You want the screeching sound. The computer is answering. You expected it. Hello. Hello, Sid. I said, put it in the coupler now, Sid. <laughs> and he's still with us. Oh. He's still with us. I know. But he hasn't uh he hasn't uh he hasn't tried to send remotely for uh probably since right about then. Probably about eighty nine might have been the end of him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because he was dictating by ninety. Yeah, I can tell you that. Oh yeah. Anyway, and uh, <laughs> but they're I think they're uh, pretty dang good. Do they have their uh, defensive problems figured out? Uh, the stats the last two weeks are pretty good. Yeah. The, hey, can is Danielle Hunter have a chance to be the defensive player yes, of the year? Yes. I he and so. Kendricks have been marvelous. Yeah. They've both but, been I mean, great. And Hunter with the sacks. Oh, Hunter's been fantastic, yeah. yes. The only two that sca- that uh, that concern me are the corners because they still have – that one, if you play a really good quarterback, could yeah. become a problem. Yeah. But their safeties are good. Yeah. Their linebackers are good. The ends are good. Yeah. The interior is not as good as it was a couple of years ago. Yeah. But, I'm, but that's the thing is this conference is not great. No. So – And you know what? If you lose to Green Bay, which I don't think they can, but if you do – then you can let Linville have another week off. You'll be in the playoffs by then. Aren't they in now? No, uh, they'll be in after what? Saturday night if the Rams lose to the Niners. The Rams aren't out yet, mm-hmm. but the Rams are trying to get out. Yeah, that was amazing that they the just Dallas went down there and kicked got their arse kicked. Crap out of them. Yes, and I'm sure Jerry is giving himself credit for keeping Jason Garrett, huh? Oh, I'm sure he is, yeah. Anyway. yeah. Are you unchained about the uh, Twins, the Mad Bones? Well, thing? I can see that uh, – you know what? 
I, I, I was telling what more of this. I don't think the uh, I don't think the people that boosted the attendance last year, once they ended up with one of the most exciting teams in Twins history, give a damn because they, you know. 70% of them don't know, they just came because it was a place to come, right? And went to the bars. Yeah. And uh, they don't know who Mad Gum, Bad Bum is. But I don't blame the hardcore fans who aren't just complainers. You know, the hardcore fans who go to ball games, go to 20 games a year, want to, you know, are encouraged by what happens last year and want to see, okay, the Yankees, who we're going to end up playing again, just signed Garrett Cole. We probably got a 10% chance of beating him, but let's get somebody. Let's get somebody to make it. By the way, the White Sox are coming after you here, boys. Right. Uh, Cleveland's bailing, but the White Sox are coming after I don't uh, blame people for being upset. This, to me, is uh, that they haven't done anything. You know, they haven't done anything. And, you know, the... Keuchel, I guess, you know, I'd just as soon have Keuchel as move. I, I would have rather have Bumgarner just because I like him as a guy and a competitor. But to, the worst thing they do is they keep telling us, and I don't know if they did, they're, they're in on this guy and they're in on this guy and they want that guy and they never get anybody, and I don't blame people for saying, shut up. Levine had some quotes. Did you see some of those Levine quotes? No. From the, He's gone nuts. He must have went to a Haverford class reunion and sat around and talked gibberish with other business. The quotes from where? The uh, uh, meetings the, in San Diego? Yeah, or something about a triple. We're in the triple. I, I don't know. I'd have to look it up. Drove me nuts. I love the guy, but God almighty, shut up. At least you he's know? a character. No, yeah, he's yeah. a character. He is a bit of a character. He might not know He could be more of a character. He could be more of a character. He's yes. a character until there's a TV camera or a microphone. When, yes. he, when you just BS You know whatever. what? I think if Derek left and Thad got that job, he'd be a full character. Mm-hmm. Full-on <laughs> character. Is, remember, who was the left-hander who was horrible? Buddy Boshier had the worst spring in the history of man, and they kept him. Remember that year? They kept yeah. him. And, and I... Basically wanted to write some about these. That was the year they let Juan Ho go and turned out okay, and you know, and they made these goofy roster, but they were gone like boom. They left Florida, and so opening day, and I needed a couple of quotes from them beforehand, and so they sent Levine to me, and I said, I just need five minutes, and so basically I said, Why did you guys keep that piece of bleep, you know? <laughs> Buddy Boshears, you know, just a soft sell question like I have a tendency to ask. And he said, I'm glad you're objective about it. (laughs) I love him. He's he's good. But I don't blame fans for being upset about this. I I don't blame him at all. I do not blame them at all. I'm very upset about the wild loss last night, though. Why upset about that? Because we got bad bounces, according to what I read today. Bad bounces, bad ricochets. It happens. Yeah, it does. Hockey. That's right. Yeah, nothing yeah. To, that's nothing you know, to stop. You know what we call that? Random talk. You know what we call that? Puck luck. Puck luck, yep. I don't think I ever heard Wooger say puck luck, though. He'd be more candid about it than puck luck. Yeah, he'd probably use yeah. more appropriate language yes, for yes. what is considered puck luck. That's true. All right, sir. I think we're done. We'll talk all next right, week, all right? Uh, yep. Positive Pat. Oh, yeah. You want a positive Pat? Yeah. A positive so. Pat. Gophers going to the NCAA tournament. Men's basketball? Men's basketball. I don't want to be easily influenced by the hell out of Ohio State, but yeah, why not? What the hell? Positive pattern. It's Christmas. Let's go. All right. Well.